The curious case of the Gen Z progressive. How did they get to where they are? What role did the education system play? What role did parents play? Yeah, we got to talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from Arcardio Miracle Studios here in lovely eastern indiana recharge your heart health naturally with cardio miracle scientifically designed to boost nitric oxide and energize your body improve circulation lower blood pressure better sleep 100 money back guarantee it's a win 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 type of opportunity here so you head to briannicholshow.com forward slash heart or just head below into the show notes or in the youtube description you can go to briannicholshow.com forward slash heart and get your cardio miracle 15 percent off just use code tbns at checkout and yeah like i said 100 money back guarantee so join the thousands of others who have started their heart health journey one more time cardio miracle use code tbns for 15% off your order. All right, progressive Gen Zers, how did we get here? Uh, It seems like a majority, uh, at the very least, of Gen Zers and millennials and, well, heck, all the younger generations, for that matter, seem to lean more and more uh, towards the progressive side of the aisle, especially as we continue forward. And uh, just to to dig into the, the why, how did we get to the point where the younger generations just always seem to be drifting left to help discuss that and more. Returning to The Brian Nichols Show, Olivia Rondo. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be back. Great to have you. You've been doing a lot since you were last on the show. Let's see, you recently joined Breitbart. You have your podcast, Unindoctrination. Olivia. Undoctrination. When, uh, yeah, sorry, there you go. When when have you found <laughs> the time to uh, to sleep? I, I'm, I'm curious where you had the time to do all this new stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it's been a rough. I'm actually cutting into my bedtime right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, so it's actually not too bad. I think I finally found the balance. And, and I guess last year was like my roughest year trying to find like the work life, you know, social time balance, but I finally got it down. So I have time to come on your 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 lowly podcast, you know, from my high tower. So, <laughs> um, uh, indeed, uh, Olivia, let's dig into the fun stuff today. This is what people show up right to listen to the back and forth, and specifically in the conversation that we wanted to outline today, progressive Gen Zers. So let's kind of kick things off, right? And this isn't just Gen Zers, I guess, and I'm picking on them because they are the young generation that's voting right now. Um, but you saw this in millennials. We see this in Gen Zers. And heck, we're going to see it. We are starting to see it with uh, Gen Alpha, the, the generation after Gen Z. So, Olivia, you're, you're, you know, not just working in this space. I know you do a lot of work talking about how, you know, we, we look at the social issues as it pertains to the younger generations. But you also just went through this, right? You're, you're in your low mid twenties. So you just kind of went through what a lot of the Gen Zers have been going through, are going to be going through. So, just kind of give us a little bit of the groundwork. Where do you see we've gotten so far off the beaten path when it comes to so many young folk being open to these progressive left-leaning ideas? 
It's so crazy for me to witness this as kind of like an older Zoomer um, because I talk about how I kind of went through this transformation or indoctrination, you know, kind of why I named my podcast Undoctrination. But about 10 years ago when I was in like my early tweens, teen years on Tumblr and, you know, that was kind of notorious for being the birthplace for a lot of left-wing activism and Marxism within people within my age group. So this is where I was introduced to transgender ideology and non-binaryism and pronouns and Donald Trump is a racist. Like that's where I was introduced to all of those ideas. Thankfully my phase was very short lived. I was, uh, I was my freshman year of high school when the like Donald Trump announced he was running for president. And during that time, it was a very hyper polarized issue obviously online and in real life i mean i remember when he was elected and kids in my high school were literally crying real tears (laughs) in the hallway at school so wow at that time for me to see it and i was kind of a new conservative at this moment because trump was a little bit i guess the catalyst for me to actually explore conservative ideas and beliefs and say oh my god i don't actually have to fit into this box as a zoomer as a black woman so but to see that Fast forward 10 years to now where TikTok is the new thing. And it's, I guarantee it's like 100 times worse than Tumblr, guys. And when I talk about my story to, you know, Gen X and boomers and even elder millennials who weren't familiar with Tumblr back in the day, they're like, oh, my God, it sounds so crazy and indoctrinating. They don't even know the half of it when it comes to TikTok. They really don't. Because the way that the algorithm is, the way that, and I've seen this happen countless times, the way that waves of boxing cyberbullying over disagreements of political opinion on TikTok like never before. We talk about getting ratioed on uh, on Twitter or getting like canceled on Tumblr and other social media platforms back in the day. TikTok is a whole new beast. TikTok really is a whole new beast because the way the algorithm works is uh, somebody makes a statement. Let's say somebody makes a pro-Israel statement. Whether I you know, agree with it or not, I, it should be allowed to be on the platform, you would think. Somebody makes a pro-Israel statement. The way the algorithm works is it will push it into the feed of, let's say, a bunch of anti-Israel creators. Okay, so far that's all right. But what it will do is give the ability to these creators to stitch these videos, like kind of in a duet type of sense, and sick all their millions and millions and millions of followers on this creator and it's kind of it's almost beyond canceling because there's no redemption for these people. You don't want to change their mind. It's just like social death. You want to almost kill these people in terms of walking through society. You want to absolutely remove them from um, their schools, their jobs and so on and so forth. And so it's scary to me because I used to get on arguments and stuff on my little anonymous Tumblr page back in the day. Attention, sober freedom lovers. Unleash the power of liquid freedom by Blood of Tyrants. This energy tea is crafted with a bunch of natural goodness and the energy-boosting Yerba Mate. Zero sugar, no compromises. And you can get yours today by heading to briannicholshow.com forward slash tea and save 10% off your order using code TBNS at checkout. Sip with a purpose. Redefine your beverage experience today with liquid freedom. And now, back to the show. But now these people, it's like teenagers, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, doxing people, finding their schools, their employers, all on TikTok, and it's all pushed in the algorithm. And, you know, it's it's just very much encouraged by these older creators who are around my age. You know, they're, they're the older Zoomers who are kind of like having these armies of younger Zoomers and Gen Alpha just do their bidding. 
And it just seems impossible. If I was on a, if I was a TikTok leftist kid today, I may not have ever gotten out of that, you know, Tumblr mindset Mm -hmm. um, because there's just way more pressure and people really don't understand because I mean, millennials and Gen X, of course, they grew up with fads and even boomers. They were all hippy dippy liberals back in the day, but these fads and trends weren't pushed by thousands and thousands of people attacking you on social media. You may have gotten in, in disagreements or even physical altercations in real life over it a handful of times. But when people are sending like bomb threats to your house and to your school over a, a disagreement on TikTok, why would you ever change? Why would you ever break out of that cycle? So I'm, I'm actually very frightened for Gen Alpha. And, um, you know, we're already seeing the effects. The reason I brought up the Israel-Palestine thing is because I think we're seeing the most polarization. It's kind of like when I was at that age, it was the 2016 election. Now it's Israel versus Palestine. And I just wrote a news story the other day for Breitbart about how a pro-Israel teacher in a New York City public school had to be barricaded in her classroom after a riot broke out because students found her personal Facebook where she had posted um, her attending a pro-Israel rally. And these and the, the posts were reco- like the the kids were recording videos and posting them on TikTok like look at us terrorizing our teacher like they were proud of it and thousands and thousands of comments were like yes I'm so proud of this generation we're gonna get Israel we're gonna get all these Israel teachers out of here it was it was insane but that's the narrative and that's the 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 message that's being pushed by the algorithm and you have all your friends well, I say friends very loosely all these people <laughs> basically reaffirming what you think is real, right? What you're in your group think in your little bubble that you're, you're, you're regurgitating because this is what everybody else is saying. And, and you said something, Olivia, I wrote it down. Gone are the days of social justice. And now welcome the days of social death. If you don't mm-hmm. toe the line, good luck, right? And, and it's not just like, oh, you know, you're, you're a bad person, cancel culture. This is to your point, bomb threats, death threats, calling their their places of work and trying to get them fired this is bo- no this is harassment right this is like this is this is gone far past speech in many instances and now we're we're starting to, to toe into the the violent um side of, of things and and that's where it gets really spooky because to your point there was a, re- a, a an area for you to find some redemption right there there was an area for you to ask some questions and and thankfully get some different answers outside of your bubble but based on what you just kind of outlined with not just Tumblr back in the day but now specifically TikTok and you look at how the algorithms play such an important role in determining not just what you see but what you will be engaging with it it funnels people more and more towards these hyper uh, aggressive types of mentality that now we're seeing are drifting into the world of violence. So I guess, you know, you look at all that, Olivia, and any average person, I'm sure listening to this podcast, they're probably a little bit, a little bit scared because it's like, well, what do you do then? What you, you don't just go turn off TikTok or do you, you don't just go and, and get rid of all these you know government colleges that are, are out there being propped up by taxpayer dollars or do you, right? So, so I guess, you know, to your average person, they hear this big problem. They don't really see the solution though. So in your kind of, you know, your world of living through this also, but you know, obviously now you're, you're common, uh, commentating on this, Olivia, what would be kind of your perspective of how we can not necessarily like get rid of this problem, but try to best address it with the tools that we have? 
So I'm going to direct this, I guess, two different messages to two different groups of people. One for the people, the teens and the kids who find themselves in this predicament and one for the parents. So to fellow Gen Zers and younger to the Gen, I don't know if any Generation Alpha, I don't know if you got any eight-year-olds listening to this, but any parents possibly, but this, is, this one's for the Gen Zers. Um, if you find yourself in this predicament like I did when I was like, ostracized by my peers in school, and this was, you know, again, during the 2016 election, I was even kicked out of the Black Student Union at my school at this time. And I went to like a majority white school, like, and there was maybe like 30 black kids, every single one of those in the Black Student Union. So I kind of joined it to like make black friends and like just have that sense of community or whatever. But there really was none. And so I would say that it's not worth finding your community or finding your tribe or, you know, whatever that may mean for you, if it means compromising on your beliefs or being told to just shut up and sit down when it comes to speaking up for what you believe in. So whether that's pro-Palestine, pro-Israel, whether that's conservative or liberal or leftist or whatnot, I just think it's not worth compromising if that means, you know, losing friends because are those your friends really in the first place or especially for TikTok or internet clout. Um, if you don't want to be inundated with thousands and thousands of hate comments, I totally get that. Um, but I think there also is something to be said for being proud and being that beacon of light for somebody else, because I have had countless teens and young adults say to me over the years, like, thank you for speaking out about this, especially when I was doing activism while in college, um, just because so many people don't have that privilege to be able to, you know, use their first amendment right and, you know, speak their minds truly. So I would say if you have the opportunity, please do it if you can. And don't do it if it's like somebody pushing you to lean one way or the other. And then for the parents, I will absolutely say don't let your kids on TikTok, especially if they're like under 16. I really don't even think kids should really have a smartphone. I think it's ridiculous. I see nine-year-olds walking around with iPads, iPhones, and the newest ones at that. They have nicer phones than I do. I think it's ridiculous. And I've seen this trend going around where it's not political related, but I think it's really indicative of how these online spheres have kind of adultified our children because there's this a trend going around on Instagram and TikTok where mothers are reading their um, like teenagers, you know, like nine to 12 years old Christmas lists. And they're all asking for things that are like, aren't don't you all want toys anymore? They're all asking for like iPads. They're all asking for like expensive makeup and skincare brands that I would have never known as a nine-year-old. And it just goes to show how they're following all these influencers, you know, whether it be a beauty influencer or like a YouTuber or a gaming influencer or something, they're just being introduced to like all these things that teenagers would care about at a very young age. And so when they actually become teenagers, then they're even more adultified and even more adultified. And we just should be putting this responsibility on kids or teenagers to want all these things or to have all these opinions and beliefs and transform them into little social activists. And I just really caution against giving your kids access to social media because I know how it really poisoned my, my mind at a young age before social media really, really took off. Like I didn't even have like Instagram or Snapchat until I was in high school and that still really poisoned my mind. Mm -hmm. So I would just really advise against it. And like Olivia, so we're not too far apart in our ages, but I'm, I'm, I'm older. I'm old. I'm an old man. I know. (laughs) Um, but even back when I was in high school, like that's when, (laughs) okay, now I am an old man. That's when social media was just coming out. Right. So we had MySpace, we had Facebook, but it was so different, right? Like my MySpace was, it's eight of your friends 
and you like you would you would align how they would you know prioritize in your friend list and then you'd have your music right. that would start on your profile and it was really just like your profile was an expression of who you were and and now your profile is an expression of your causes right like what you believe in mm-hmm. what what you're going out for some social and justice and who others want you to be because it's very much less private because i'm assuming you're my, you weren't like a myspace viral influencer right. and i'm assuming most people on myspace and facebook back in the day this was before the age of like major major influencers and social media celebrities people who became famous just off of social media i mean there was like jeffrey star back in the myspace days but that was like one of the very few and that's why he was you know notable um and now it's so easy for the algorithm on tiktok especially to pick up a random video and make it go super viral and i've talked about how i feel like i became kind of an overnight influencer on twitter because i had one tweet when i was 17 go viral and i gained like ten thousand followers overnight so one day i had about 200 followers the next day i had 10k (laughs) but these kids are gaining like 10 times that amount of following overnight. They're getting millions of views overnight and suddenly they're launched into this creative space where they can make money off their videos if only you say the right thing. Are you ready to take your love of liberty to the next level? Join pro-liberty students and activists from around the world at LibertyCon 2024 in Washington, D.C., February 2nd through February 4th. With powerful speakers, innovative ideas, and of course, a vibrant pro-liberty community, LibertyCon will educate, empower, and energize you. Use code TBNS to get 25% off your tickets today. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash LibertyCon and secure your spot to the biggest pro-Liberty conference of the year. You can gain popularity and clout and love and influence from your videos, but only if you say the right thing. So it's it's just so much more responsibility than even I had. And I feel like I had almost too much responsibility as a 17-year-old who was like low-key Twitter famous and like that's really not famous in terms of social media fame now. Like 10,000 10, followers is literally nothing in terms of, you know, compared to what these kids have access to on TikTok. Well, and, and you know, kind of going back to the, the you know, the, the progression I was going through there, you never were meant to talk to thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions yeah. of people with one click of a button. And, and you're thinking back to Facebook and MySpace, I mean, it was not just my friends, people I knew in real life. Like my MySpace friends were my friends from school. My Facebook friends were my friends from school. My friends, you know, my, my friends from home, um, you know, my family. It was, it was a core group of people that I knew, liked, eh, and trusted, right? And you fast forward to the advent of Twitter, advent of YouTube, advent of TikTok, Instagram, and and with Twitter, with a uh, Facebook uh, uh, changing over the years, and it, it went away from that one to one, one to few interaction, and now it's one to a platform of hundreds of thousands, millions of people, and we not only are we the ones now communicating that, but we are the ones being influenced by that. And it was something you you raised earlier, right? Like it was my friends, and it was, I was saying things to my friends of what I you know who I was. And what I cared about now, my cause, and you said it, right? What people wanted me to care about. Now what's happening is I see the social pressure and I'm saying, I, you know, let's say all of us, we, we see the social pressure of 400,000 hearts on a a tweet or 1.2 million likes on a Facebook post or 2 million hearts on a TikTok. 
and that that social um, influence that is is subtly there, it does influence us because you're like, God damn, do that many people actually think this way? And it kind of it, it messes with you a little bit because what we yeah. think is the real life versus the the fake real life that that a lot of these algorithms push. They're night and day. And that's why I always tell people on the show, like, go talk to the person in real life. Because what we think is important on the social media sites, more often than not, really doesn't impact your, truly, your average person. But it is those people, and and going back to the the topic of conversation for today's episode, Gen Z and Gen Alpha in in particular, because those are the two, two generations that have grown up entirely in this online space now that has become the norm. That That is the the expectation for any use of social media. It's like you're, you're using it to become an influencer or to gain notoriety or to build your brand and your influence. It, it wasn't just to like, hey, I want to connect with my friends, right? Like, I want to, I want to see what Bill's doing from, from high school I haven't talked to in five years. Like, that that's where it has really changed. And, you know, going, I guess, forward, Olivia, we, we have the TikTok uh, you know, the TikTok. I sound like such a boomer. We have, we have the TikTok. We got, we have TikTok. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Um, I guess we have threads. I don't know. Um, it's, it exists, but I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it wants to be Twitter, but you know, it's, it's a Zuckerberg clone. Um, just like him. So when you look at like the different social medias we have now going forward, I'm, I'm kind of seeing the old social media sites like your Facebook and your Twitter, those those kind of giants, they're losing their luster. I mean, not yeah. this isn't a thing about Elon Musk or, or anything like that. It's just the the user base for them has has drastically changed. And with the advent of all these smaller social media sites, you you've seen a lot of the, the the folks that would be traditionally on you know one site now going to much more niche sites that maybe is more personal to them or joining a community like you know a, a, a Twitter group or a space or something like that that means more to them. So. I say all that, Olivia, when we're we're kind of going forward here and we're trying to outreach specifically to Gen Z and Gen Alpha, what's the best way to meet them where they're at? What What's the best way to get on their purview without it being aggressive, without it being salesy? Like, how can we enter into the conversations that they're having organically without it being Boomer Brian coming in here and trying to, to you know, be like, hey, kids, how are you doing today? Like, what what's the approach that we could take to actually have some real success in in hoping to change the the culture and and change the the way that they're having these conversations not to toot my own horn but i think you have to kind of enlist so to speak Mm. like zoomers older zoomers like myself who know how to speak about these things in terms that in terms that younger people understand teach me and so (laughs) i am not a tiktok influencer but i've gone back and forth in my head should i really you know start taking it seriously you know just maybe just post some of the clips of me on fox and clips of me on podcasts to tiktok just because i know podcast clips and tv clips tend to go pretty viral on there i think the algorithm does like them even if you're sharing controversial opinions the algorithm kind of loves controversy so it's just kind of a thing where do i want to open myself up to receive all these types of hate comments but after some time on you know social media i think i can stand it but so yeah i think the answer is to not run from the platform it's to actually go in there and spread it i mean there are people who have successfully done that if you're familiar with like people like brett cooper who has like a wildly popular tiktok page she reviews things and does reaction videos which gen z loves that's like the main type of content that gen z loves is like the streamers the reaction gurus the you know the people the influencers who react to other influencers 
that's kind of Brett's candy right there. That, that's what she goes for. And it's kind of genius because even if the kids don't like what she's saying, they like to watch somebody react to some crazy stuff. Right. So I think that she's a great example. Um, and there have been a couple other Gen Z people, um, you know, conservatives who have made waves on TikTok. And so I'm thinking of, you know, at least throwing my hand out on it because uh, I, I do agree with you that a lot of people have left Twitter and Instagram for more niche sites or they just don't care about it anymore. Like, I feel like the days of really funny tweeters are kind of over. Like yep. there used to be accounts like even like, you know, they were they were, I guess, like gimmick accounts. But the days of funny gimmick accounts and things like that are over. They've all moved to TikTok because it's easier to be funnier on TikTok. The algorithm thinks it more. And people on you know Twitter is where people go to talk about serious things like politics or to complain. Um, so I think that a combination of things is people actually go to TikTok. Conservatives go to TikTok and go to Instagram Reels and all these little spaces and actually get the message out. And also try to make more content for Twitter, you know, and 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 bring more traffic back. Um, and you know, I have my I have my different opinions on Elon's, uh, you know, buying of Twitter. Overall, I think it's a plus for free speech and for our movement. But in terms of you know advertisers leaving the platform and a lot of people deleting their accounts and stuff, obviously, I mean, we see that happening. Mm-hmm. You can't even deny that that's happening. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I think a combination of, of methods needs to be taken. All right, Olivia, we are at the uh, the tail end of the show, which means we go towards our final thoughts segment. And if you're cool, that I'll kick things off. Um, when I'm looking at this conversation, uh, it's it's not necessarily a tough conversation to have because it's, it's pretty like it's pretty straightforward, right? Like you know, you see the younger generations; they're going to their bubble to have a conversation away from the old folks. Yep, makes sense. Um, but it's it's much different nowadays because it seems that when they're in that bubble that there there is no check on it right like before if you were in your bubble and then you, you like somebody overheard you in your bubble you might get called out in that bubble um or maybe like you'd have the the idea uh maybe a little bit supplanted by something else somebody else mentioned as another alternative idea are you ready for a life upgrade ebel cbd is your solution to chronic pain stress and sleepless nights transform managing into thriving our exclusive offer for the brian nichols show listeners 15 percent off all ebel's products with code tbns at checkout don't miss your chance to improve your life today head to briannicholshow.com forward slash Ebels to get 15% off your order. And now, back to the show. Whereas now, when you get into these these echo chambers, it's much more difficult to, to bring in an alternative idea. And I'm very thankful, Olivia, that we were able to get you out of that echo chamber uh, over in, in the Tumblr worlds before we got to this point where once it seems people now get into their tribe, they're stuck. Uh, I actually, I think back to, uh, I'm from upstate New York. I'm, I'm used to, uh, the Amish, uh, community, the Amish culture. And in the Amish culture, it's very common that if you decide to leave the Amish culture, you're, you're gone from, from that culture, right? And it seems that that mentality has kind of carried over into these, these kind of like little tribal groups on social media where, oh, you, you, you don't, uh, you, you don't like, toe the line exactly as we say, well, you're, you're no longer not just part of our tribe. You're no longer a person to us. You don't exist. And we really have to do a better job. I think when those, when those folks who they've been told you're out, you're kicked out. And this isn't just like, you know, for, for Gen Z on social media, this is for other folks that we see get kicked out of their, their, you know, their, their little echo chambers. 
we as the, the folks on the right side of the aisle, we have to do a better job at welcoming them in and, and helping almost what the, uh, the rehabilitation process, right? We have yes. to be there. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'll wrap my, my final thoughts up, Olivia. We need more people like you. We need more people who are willing to to embrace with empathy, right? When people are saying, yeah, maybe I I, I made a left turn, right? No pun intended, but I need some help now. I need, I need to, to see a different way of seeing things. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you to the other folks out there who are trying to, to fight back and doing so through the culture. So that's my final thoughts, Olivia. What do you have for us on your end? I think I'd just like to expand on that because, yes, we should be the people to rehabilitate these the pariahs of the left who have been excommunicated from their holy church and now feel politically homeless because that's what happened to me. I mean, I can criticize a lot of MAGA people. I can criticize, you know, Trump Republicans and stuff, you know, for a long time. But they were the first group of people who took me, you know, with being a young minority woman, they took that and said, you can actually fit in here. Now, later, I did feel a little bit more boxed in and kind of expanded my thoughts into libertarian philosophy and um, just kind of conservatism in a broader sense than just the MAGA movement. But I will give them credit for, you know, helping with the rehabilitation process. Um, And to that point, I would just caution a lot of right wingers and libertarians and conservatives and so looking at ex-leftists as some type of like, you're just unsavable. We just can't save you because who would fall for that? Because so many prominent conservatives and libertarians used to be leftist. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, I know that people get shamed for it. Like, oh, so-and-so used to be a Marxist. They voted for Bernie. They voted for Hillary, da 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 And I've only ever voted for Trump. But I can say that if I was old enough to vote when I was in my liberal phase, I would have been like 100 percent pro Bernie, probably like I would have either voted for Bernie or ended up voting for Hillary Clinton. So it's just a thing where I don't think we should judge. I think we should be open to receiving those and especially from demographics that the left targets. I think we should stop. Um, seeding ground to the leftists when it comes to LGBT. I think we should stop writing off people like, let's say a, a gay person comes over and they're they're ex-leftists or they got kicked out of the leftists for not wanting to uh, promote transgenderism, but they're still gay. We shouldn't turn our nose up at that and be like, well, you're gay, so you must, you, you're you ex-leftist, you must support that, you must support this. Why? You're just, you're acting exactly like a leftist saying that they're gay, they must be in this leftist box. So... Yeah, let's just be better. Be better. I like it. It's a good plan of attack. And uh, if we follow that plan of attack, I think we'll be in a better spot uh, tomorrow than we are today. So with that being said, Olivia Rondo, I appreciate the conversation. And folks, if you enjoy the conversation, which I know you did, well, go ahead and, you know the drill, give it a share when you do. Tag yours truly over on Facebook and on X at B Nichols Liberty. Olivia, where can folks go ahead, find you if they want to continue the conversation? You guys should watch my podcast, Undoctrination. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and also on Twitter at Rondolivia. There you go, folks. All right, and where can you find The Brian Nichols Show? You can find us over on uh, all your video platforms, YouTube, Rumble, X.com. Also, we upload our episodes to Ben Swan's Sovereign, S-O-V-R-E-N, which if you are watching us over there, congratulations. You're seeing today's episode before anybody else. That's your Sovereign exclusive. Um, otherwise, the entire episode's 
uploaded to x.com in their entirety. And then, as I mentioned, over on your traditional YouTube and Rumbles, if you are joining us over there, hit that subscribe button, little notification bell. And of course, hit that like button because, yes, it does actually help the algos say, hey, people like this stuff. We should show more people this stuff. So please hit that like button. And if you are, you know, in the comments, please let us know your thoughts. We would love to hear about it as well. And then in terms of the podcast, yes, as Olivia mentioned, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, wherever it is you get your podcast, you can find The Brian Nichols Show. Again, hit subscribe. Also, we have over 790 other episodes with a few appearances here from Olivia back in uh, yesteryear. So I'm going to include actually one of those episodes popping up right about here, I believe, if you're joining us on the YouTube. So make sure you stick around for that. Otherwise, I'll include that in the show notes. And one last uh, piece of, uh, I guess, not advice. Just Well, it is advice. If you have not yet signed up for our Don't Hurt People, Don't Take People Stuff bumper sticker giveaway, what are you doing? Go give a five-star rating and review to The Brian Nichols Show over at briannicholsshow.com. Take a screenshot, email it to me, brian at briannicholsshow.com. Enters you in to win this uh, bumper sticker. And by the way, once you enter into that, not only could you win this bumper sticker, Olivia, get this. You are then entered to the grand uh, prize, which is a $100 shopping sweepstakes over at our shop over at Proud Libertarian. We have backpacks, bumper stickers, snapbacks, hoodies, all that and more. And with it being the holidays, might be a good time to uh, get some uh, awesome Christmas gifts for that Liberty lover on your list. Just make sure you use code TBNS for 10%. 15% off your order over at the shop. That's all I have for you guys today. Olivia, any final words for the audience as we wrap things up? I just want to say, I don't even have a bumper to put that sticker on, but I kind of want one now. It looks cool. Well, there you go, Olivia. <laughs> Five-star rating and review. Yeah, this could be yours. Uh, no, I'll make sure, folks, we'll include those links there in the show notes. Olivia, it's been a great conversation. And folks, again, if you got some value, you know the drill. Share the episode with your friends and family, especially those Gen Zers and uh, Gen Alphas, even though they're like, what, eight years old? Interrupt Bluey. <laughs> this is more important. With that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Olivia Rondo. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.